I'm Colin. And I'm Megan. And this is Pet, pet Sitter Confessional. Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Hey guys, welcome to episode 15, Holidays, where it's all in the family. This episode, we're going to talk about pet sitting for and with your family and basically everything surrounding the holidays. So a very happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Whether your schedule is jam-packed or you're taking a break, we hope that you're able to take a little time to recharge and think about what you're thankful for. I'm thankful for you, Colin. We, <laughs> we've been married for almost eight years, and it's been a really fun ride. And we've been able to do a lot of different things together and sit a lot of dogs together. And it's been, it's been fun. So I'm very thankful for you. Aww. Well, I'm really thankful for our kids. Um, We have a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and they have been quite an adventure for us and have really helped shape a lot of how we view and deal with um, our business and our dogs and and really help ground us in our reason why as to why we do everything that we do. Now, before we get into the main topic, we do have some follow-up from episode 13 on prepping for emergencies. We received some awesome feedback from Hillary Larson of Into the Wild Pet Care and Allison Williams on Facebook about the emergency preparedness episode and wanted to touch on a few points. Now, right off the bat, uh, we have to state that obviously you'll never be able to plan for everything or be prepared 100% of the time. However, using some common sense and at least thinking through some possible scenarios can put you on the right foot. A little preparation goes a long way when things turn south. So make sure you look up and keep on hand the location of the nearest emergency vets in the areas that you're traveling in, and keep up the maintenance on your vehicle. Check the recommendations for your specific make and model, and I mean, let's be honest, just doing regular oil change and tire rotations replacements is the bare minimum that we're talking about here. Also, it's important to let others know where you plan to be during the day and then check in with them periodically, especially when you're doing a meet and greet at a new client's home, or if you're traveling to new areas, or at night, or with bad weather, you want to be sure that people know where you are. We also wanted to touch on a first aid kit, and I can't believe that we made it through an entire episode on preparedness without mentioning this. You can build your own, of course, but I'd recommend buying a pre-made one and then adding to it. Walmart carries some pretty robust kits that you can adapt to your specific needs. You should look at having a pretty extensive one in your home and in your car, and then a smaller one that you carry with you during walks and drop-ins. And make sure you keep it up to date, because it turns out that things do expire, especially medicines and antibiotic ointments. So most, like I just mentioned, most will have an antibiotic ointment in them, but if it says pain relief, it's actually toxic to pets. So be watchful of that. And a pro tip, when you change your clocks for daylight savings, if you're in the U.S., or when you replace your smoke detector batteries, you also check the first aid kit and replace anything that's expired. Ask the homeowner if they have a first aid kit in their house and know where it's located. And if they don't have one, encourage them to get one because it's very important. Also, in your emergency kit, make sure that there is a dog sweater or a blanket for the pet. Because if there's a house fire and it's 30 degrees outside and you're watching a chihuahua, that pup is going to want some extra warmth. Absolutely. You're going to want to get an idea of the plants in the the home and yard, whether in your home or in the yard of your clients. And look up whether they're toxic or not. The ASPCA has a great resource for common toxic plants. We'll include links to that and many more in our show notes, which you can find at PetCenterConfessional.com. 
If you find toxic plants, suggest to the homeowner that they have them removed or fenced off if they're really hell-bent on keeping them. So we're getting into the holidays, which is um, our main topic today. So lilies and poinsettias are very common and also very toxic. Now, Megan was mentioning the first aid kit. Now, when you buy those from the store, they're going to have some medications in there for humans. Now, we are not vet techs, vets, and we don't have any formal medical pet training. And those of you who do would be able to address pet medications a lot better than we can. Also, uh, we are working on a series of interviews with a vet regarding pet health and medications, so do be on the lookout for that. So just know that there are safe human medications you can give to your pets, and there are unsafe ones. And before you give anything to a pet in your care, whether your own or clients, you should always consult a professional medical provider before proceeding. Now, we'll include some links in our show notes, again, and on our website about medications for dogs and cats. So now on to the main topic, holidays. Pets. You're so happy. (laughs) I like that very much. Colin, not so much. Pet sitting for your friends and family. So the main question is, will you? Is that something that you would like to do or not so much? If you are considering it, how much are you going to charge them or if at all? Seriously, think about how comfortable you are going to be charging your mom and, and dad to care for their pet. Remember that by taking care of their pet, you are giving up a spot for other paying clients. Another option is you could give them a discount off of your services, but still maintain a professional attitude and update them just like you would any other client. Obviously, with family and friends, you want to set those boundaries. Ask them all the same questions of the meet and greet, have them sign the same contracts that you would a regular client. It may seem silly, but they do say never go into business with your family. So you need to consider and think about whether you are going to be watching your friends and family's pets or not. So during this time of year, you're not just potentially providing pet care for your family, but you could be pet sitting as a family um, or just by yourself. Um, Obviously, if you're single, uh, you won't have to really think about this unless you have a significant other that you're bringing along or you have friends that may like to come along as well. So if you do have a family, um, some pros for working with them are that there are more people to love on pets and help out. It also teaches kids responsibility by walking, feeding, and giving them a lot of chores to do. Some cons, uh, it's hard to do it with kids, especially very young kids. It's tough walking dogs when you have infants or toddlers. And this is why uh, we took a break from pet sitting when we had our kids um, so that we could focus on them. We still maintained a few of our core clients, um, but we took a break so because it was very difficult to do it with very young kids. Obviously, you need to be sure that you tell the owner if you're going to have a significant other and kids around, and to be sure if the owner is even going to be okay with that, if they're going to tag along to help you out during the drop-ins or walks. We take our kids to every meet and greet so that the animals can be around them. For us, it's a total deal-breaker if the pet isn't kid-friendly. Um, as, as I mentioned, we have a two- and a four-year-old that we, have to, that we do take everywhere we go. Another thing to deal with family, uh, just at a personal level, is dealing with expectations from family when you're a pet care professional. We run into this a lot. We are very busy during the holiday times and weekends, which makes it very hard to get away for time with family. When we first started, our family didn't really understand our business model. They didn't understand why we weren't taking breaks, why we weren't setting aside time to go and see them. So we had to do a lot of discussions with them about how our business worked and when our busy seasons were. Now we travel to see our family when we can and celebrate holidays either before 
or after the calendar day so that we can make sure that we're still providing service and care to our clients, and but also balancing it out and spending time with family. Uh, also, side note, if you board in your own home, be prepared for friends and family to not be comfortable coming over to your home anymore. Shockingly, I don't understand these people, but uh, some people aren't pet people. And that's something that is going to change whenever you start having pets, a lot of pets in your home. So they might not be okay with all of the animals or all of the hair. So just know that you might not be having as many house guests as you used to. People house guests, that is. Right. <laughs> so with the holidays comes eating, lots of eating, not only for us, but for our pets. So we want to talk about what your pets can and can't eat over the holidays. So it is not good for pets to have turkey skin and bones, gravy, stuffing, raisins and grapes, onions, mushrooms, nuts, fat trimmings, chocolate, butter, bread dough, and anything with xylitol. What they can have is cranberry sauce, pumpkin, sweet potatoes, green beans. There are a ton of infographics showing foods pets can and more importantly cannot have from the table. And we've included a lot of these in our show notes. But why can't they have certain foods? Either it A, contains chemicals and substances that are truly toxic to them, like the sweetener xylitol that I mentioned. It causes blood sugars to drop and eventually liver failure and seizures. Or substances like menthol xanthines and chocolate that can cause vomiting and in large amounts, seizures and death. That's why you always hear that chocolate is not good for dogs. It could even be just too much of a substance like salt. Or B, if undercooked or served improperly, it may contain bacteria or parasites that could harm the pet. Thinking, here we're thinking of raw meats like ham and fish. And finally, C, uh, consuming the item could cause blockages like corn on the cob, chicken or turkey bones. But no matter how carefully you plan, uh, your dog or cat may find and swallow something that she shouldn't. Keep the number of your local vet the closest emergency clinic, and the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center, which, by the way, go ahead, get out a pen and paper. Or your phone. Or your phone. (laughs) You got it? It is 888-426-4435. Keep those numbers where you know you'll find it. And if you think your dog has eaten something toxic, go ahead and call the emergency help right away. So before you or a family member starts to give your pet some food from the table, think through those three Bs, bad chemicals, bacteria, and blockages. And we have included a lot of links in our show notes as well, which again, you can find by going to our website, petsetterconfessional.com, and clicking on this week's episode. And you can also go and find show notes and transcripts from all of our previous episodes there too. With everybody coming in and out through your house during the holidays, it's important to make sure that you have the microchip information up to date on all of the pets that are in your care. So double check with the owners before they drop them off that they have them updated. If they are not microchipped, that's a great time to start having that conversation with them about the importance of having that. So if the pet does get out, the owner can be easily found. I do also want to take this moment to talk about having double entry protection. So a lot of animals may be darters. That's some questions that we ask during the meet and greet. Do the, does the animal dart when the door opens? If they do dart during or open doors, make sure you have two barriers between the animal and outside. So when we go over to houses and do drop-ins or when we are doing house-sitting, we typically always leave through and enter through the garage door. So that the door, the garage door closes, and then we know that if the dog bolts out through the open door into the house, 
they can't go anywhere because it's a garage. So whether that's a gate that you have set up uh, on your porch or having a, a room blocked off that the animals aren't allowed to go into whenever you're doing drop-offs or pickups, that's something to make sure that you consider so that you don't lose animals during the holidays. Also during this time, it can be easy to lose track of certain animals. Uh, we're sitting a dog currently that is very small, she's very quiet, and she keeps to herself. And sometimes you can lose track of her in our house or whether she's outside. So always making sure to do that head count whenever dogs are coming in or out can help make sure that you are where the animals are at any point in time. Another important aspect to the holidays is your rates. You should consider adjusting them. For us personally, that means raising our rates a little bit more than during the regular rest of the year because we're taking time away from our friends and family that we could be spending time with and allocating it to these pups. So we feel like our time is worth more during the holidays. Also, it's a very busy time of the year. During the holidays, you may also want to adjust your timing for drop-offs and pickups. You may want to have shorter hours so that you can spend more time with the pups or more time with your friends and family. It really all depends on how busy you want to be or not. Ultimately, the holidays are as busy as you want them to be. It is up to you to set those boundaries and what, how many dogs you're comfortable taking, how many pets you want to go check on. It, it's ultimately up to you and what you want for your business. Take the holiday season to really challenge yourself and up your game with pictures. This could be with props by the Christmas tree or in funny costumes for the holidays. It could also be with new toys that you're providing with them as gifts that you can surprise the owners with. And as always, all of that fun playtime that they're getting and socializing. It can also be, be a very pretty time of year to take photos outside with the fall leaves falling or in fresh snow. So really try and be creative and take new angles and ideas for taking photos. Okay, so now let's talk about some fun stuff. Client holiday gifts. So if you want to do a gift for your clients, it doesn't have to be expensive. You could always go with something as simple as a picture of the pet in a frame from Walmart and a small or a small bag of treats in a coffee mug. But remember, if you do the treats, they may not be client approved because some pets can have diet issues from that. So you want to make sure that either the owner has approved it in the past or you clear it with them beforehand. You could also get creative with your gifts and do pet paw prints on a canvas or an ornament. And that'll be... Though that'll be difficult if you're watching a fish or a snake. <laughs> you could also do something elaborate, like give the client a calendar for next year filled with all of the pictures of their pets. Toys are always a big hit. I even heard someone is putting a picture of their client's pet on a pillow, which is a really cute idea. You could also do a coupon for a free night of service or a free walk or a coupon book. You could also get the owner a gift. A bottle of wine is always nice. Or you could donate some or all of the money from their stay to a local shelter or rescue. That's a very kind thing to do. But remember that you don't have to get a big gift for all of your clients. And something meaningful doesn't have to be expensive. If you're still at a loss, RCL Dog Walking just released their 2019 holiday gift guide. And we've included a link in the show notes for that as well. Or you can go to rcldogwalking.com. Now, if you have employees with your business, you may be thinking about getting them some gifts as well. Obviously, you don't have to buy your employees gifts, but if you do, also remember to track these for tax purposes. Cash, bonuses, and incentives are always great. Gift cards to restaurants or stores that they like. 
Massages or spa packages would be amazing if you can afford that for them. Uh, You could consider giving some more time off or something personal or unique to them. It's always thoughtful. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Next week, we've got the House at Diva back on to talk about the best ways to spend your time when house sitting and how to be better connected to the area and community. If you've enjoyed this episode or any others, please share it with your pet sitting friends or give us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pet Sitter Confessional, and you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Thank you.